This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politrics. Politics. Welcome to Wow, What a Week, hashtag Politrics. He's the type of guy you wouldn't dare tell to shut up, whether it's in an official setting or not. That's because many times we don't want him to keep quiet. Besides, he might not listen to you anyway. So please give a wow. Welcome back to Butsang Mudimuame Muilwa, political extraordinaire. Butsang. Good morning, uh, uh, Tato, and good morning to the followers and subscribers yes, of Wow Wadi Week. What's up? I, I'm good, but listen, I can shut up some. I do keep quiet sometimes. And I always tell people, whenever I'm silent or quiet, you must be very worried because that's when I'm dangerous. Hey, but, uh, but I do keep quiet. Okay, because you might speak in other ways if your mouth is quiet. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I say when I'm quiet. We know, we know you're a martial artist and uh, you also collect uh, weapons of all assortment. So. Oh, by the way, I, I received a very nice hunting knife as a gift this week. So it's number 47. Um, so what are you hunting? Your job back? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm not going to use knives to get my job back. And, and, and funny enough, I've yeah. got hunting knives, mm -hmm. and I've got bow and arrows, I think, too. Okay. But I don't hunt animals. I don't mm. kill animals. So I'm just collecting. My target was to have 50 of them at age 50, so I, I couldn't reach my target. And then how many swords do you have? I have, like, what? I've got two katanas and two small, five swords. And then can you, like, work a katana without slicing your own ear off? No, that I, I can. That yeah. I can. I, I actually like the katana more than the short one. All right. And one, one actually I had to get the license for it. It's a, it's a sharpened blade made in Spain. So you, don't, you can't just own a sword without a permit mm. because mm. of its length. And, and without, once it's sharp and it can cut the head off, you need a permit for that. Yo, and I, I like uh, the way you say it can cut your head off. Well, that, that's very specific. <laughs> that's not a katana does, but anyway, let's get to let's get to politics. Let's uh, talk about the new coalition. Um, the last two days, there was a meeting uh, at the Santin Sun Hotel. Yes, um, between uh, Cope, the AIC, NFP, ICM, APC, and AARM. Uh, it's one of the new coalitions. So we've got the Moonshot Pact. Yes, Captain Park Moonshot Pact. Uh, that the, the, the DA spearheaded, and um, now there's a new coalition. Well, look, I, I think it's it's a decision in the right direction, taking into consideration the number of political parties we have in the country. Yeah, it's a mess. It, it, it's a mess. So, yeah. so for them to come together, the funny part about it is that when I look at this new one, there's the APC there, which are a Pan-Africanist, you know, uh, organization. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how will they fit with the uh, far right as well as the center right, like COPE and so forth. However, it is a, it's a move in the right direction. I, I just hope or wish that these political parties, mm -hmm. they will go as a coalition pact on a ballot paper. Sure. Not to say after the elections, depending on our numbers, we'll, 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 we'll get them together. And yes, I, and I yes. wish the six of them can reduce themselves to one and have a name, and that's what we have on the ballot paper. We can't force them to do that. But it's good that there are engagements, mm. because then it means there'll be you know, policy position documents at hand, which they will use after the election. Sure. Uh, we are going to see more and more of that. Uh, we, we know that the one that is spearheaded uh, by the DA, which was in Captain Park a few weeks ago, mm. it will be more of the center-right link. This one looks a little bit more like center, and, and we have old parties there like COPE and the NFP 
the APC itself. And, and, and I think it's a, it's a wait and see situation. Do you think if all of these parties in these coalitions came under one umbrella that goes on the ballot paper, that people would not be confused, though? If, if, look, if they... Because, for instance, if, if I'm a COPE voter, yeah. I'm looking for COPE. Now, all of a sudden, uh, there's no COPE. Look, it's about communication. Yeah. These political parties have a responsibility between now and the election time mm. to go to their members, their branches, in social media and in all forms of media to say, we will not be contesting elections as COPE or as an individual party. We will be contesting as a collective or as a united party. You know what I'm saying? The so, so voter education. Are, the voter education is very important. Voter education is not only the IEC part about how to vote. Mm. It also involves the political parties. Uh, but but I, I doubt if they will do it later. Our politicians like power. They like the limelight. They like power. I doubt if they will go that route. It would have been better to mm. go that route, as I've said earlier on. But I doubt if they'll go that way. And also, you are talking about, won't it confuse the voter? Mm. The voter is already confused now because in the last election, we had a candidate, for example, Mzwane Lemani, mm. who was ANC at some stage. Yes. If you are a, a, a voter that subscribed to Mzwane Lemani's ideas and you like him as a leader, he was at ANC the last elections. He was with ATM. The next elections is with the EFM. Mm. So, so again, if our vote is linked to a person and a political party, we'll still be confused. Mm. Unlike if we come with a completely new united front, sure. uh, uh, that will take this apart. I was thinking about this as well. You know, all these political parties, if the ANC doesn't lose the 50% plus margin, even if they can collectively, if we lose the last election statistics, even if they can collectively come together, uh, they will still not topple the ANC. But with the ANC scoring own goals, creating penalties and shooting themselves in the foot, I've said on this platform, signs are becoming clearer and clearer that the ANC, even their Secretary General has said, they're even prepared, you know, that's why they're engaging, that they will lose 50% margin. Mm. I think they are gradually going that route, that they will lose the 50% margin with a very small percentage, maybe 46, maybe 47. There was a poll that came out earlier in the week that said that in KZN, where they are very strong, um, they're expected um, to lose... Uh, to a coalition between the IFP and the DA. Yes, I, I, I also think the NC has been uh, KZN is one of their strongest mm, provinces. Mm, mm. But the IFP in the last elections and the local elections and the by-elections that has been happening has been growing in numbers. And the fact that the IFP has decided to talk to the DA, to mm. go to mm. bed with the DA in KZN, it is to their advantage. Look, if we look at the percentage that the ANC received in the, in the national elections sure. in KZN, the, the margin is still too far. Mm. And as it was not close like national elections or housing. Uh, whereby it was 48 or 46 and then national elections were talking 52-53%. It was way higher. So the IFP and the DA will have to work very hard in case mm. it But also the EFF and the NFP, they are making very serious inroads. Uh, in the in the in the in the case and elections. The fact that the ANC still has Jacob Zuma as, as they are, you know, campaign token in KZN, it works to their advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you, he's commanding a very strong following in KZN, yeah. and it works to their advantage. And he hasn't, unlike President Motlant and President Ibeki, who have rebuked 
and openly talked how the ANC has failed. President Zuma hasn't done that. Uh, the moment he does that, he will stop campaigning for the ANC. Mm. Uh, you know, imagine if he pulls a tabo Mbeki and he says, I'm not campaigning for the ANC. That only will actually damage the organization in case that end. But he hasn't done that, and the ANC must actually bank on the fact that uh, uh, Jacob Zuma will stand up and say, I'm going to, you know, campaign for the ANC in case that end. Sure. But it's a threat. You know, with all these coalitions and people talking, I listened to the to the EFF deputy leader, Floyd Chivambo, uh, uh, during the course of this week, saying the intention of the EFF at the moment, mm -hmm. and he's calling other political parties to do that, is to remove the ANC out of power from top to bottom. Sure. He even went to an extent of saying they should recall all ANC employees, including ambassadors, CEOs of entities. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you why Floyd is pushing for that. That is the stronghold of a government. Oh, yes. Your, your, your diplomats, mm. your the, the, CEOs of entities. The nuts and bolts. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, your MMCs, your yeah. HODs of finance, that's where the government or a political party holds on to power. Mm. And EFF is very clever to target those positions. Imagine if you call all ANC employees uh, 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 as ambassadors abroad and you remove their leaders as CEOs of entities. But they, what they should not do, these political parties, they should not replace ANC employees with their employees. Oh, yes. It will not resolve the problem. Mm. They should replace these people in professional positions with professional people who are qualified to inherit those uh, entities and, and those diplomatic The issues. best men and women for the, the job. The best men and women for the job who are qualified, who have experience, who can conduct and do their job properly. Then I think we'll be in the right direction as a country. Mm. And then uh, build one South Africa's Musi Maimani earlier the week. Um, uh, uh, announcing his presidential candidacy for next year. What did I say in the past? Did I, I, I've said here, Musi yeah. Maimani is not lost in politics. Sure. He's going to convert that NGO into a political party, mm -hmm. which he did, and he is going to contest the elections. And boom, Musi Maimani, well, he's a leader of that party. It's a party now. Mm -hmm. And, and Musi Maimani has been in politics. He has tasted power. He is liked by a lot of people. Yes. And, and, and I think, oh, look, it's ambitious to say presidential elections. Unfortunately, we still vote for a political party, not a person to be to be to be the president of the country. The president is elected by the national assembly, mm. not by mm. us, folks. Mm. Us. So, so even what, what happened to the electoral reform that the Concord had ordered? Oh, look, Parliament to ensure happens. It's 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 taking long. What what it has done so far, the electoral reform is to allow independent candidates. Okay. But if you win, let's say fresh contest elections, and you get hypothetically, you know, pie in the sky, mm. you get 51% as an individual, or Musi Maimani sure. gets 51%. It does not mean you are the president of the republic. Okay. It does it. Mm. You, will, you must still go to the national assembly. Now, that is an administrative process. Okay. That is a legislative so what's process. what's the point then? If 51% of us are saying Botsang ought to be our president, uh, 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 then parliament should have no say. So you, you will bank on the fact that, you see, that's why these people challenge the law mm. to say, it doesn't. It should not end at me getting fifty-one percent. Yeah. I must also get fifty-one percent of seats. You remember they they are challenging that. So you will get the voters' numbers, but you are not getting those seats as an individual. And that's where there's a flaw mm. in the in the in the reform of the electoral act. Sure. You need to have over 50, 50 plus, mm. fifty-one plus, in parliament, the national assembly can be elected as the president. So we may find a political party. Let's say he gets 45%. Mm. Uh, uh, let's say nobody gets 51. You get 45%. 
another one gets 48. You may find that the political party with 48% does not have the president of their party or the leader of their party as the president of the country, according to the current electoral system. Mm. Because then you need all national assembly members to can say we prefer that candidate or this member of parliament to be the president-elect. And, and that's where we are, unfortunately. Sure. This uh, electoral reform, uh, Fresh, I didn't expect it to drastically change with the next election. It's mm. too close. It's a, it's a work at hand that we must work on 2029. I think it will be a different ballgame. Absolutely. I just wish they would have put a clause there. Mm. And I know people are going to say it's unconstitutional, it's discriminative to say, instead of having... 600 candidates or mm. 50 political parties, there should be a threshold to say, if you couldn't make this threshold this time. Oh, yes, yes. And yes, I said, yes, yes. next elections, you are not automatically in. Mm. Because really, it, it doesn't make sense. It's clumsy. It's very clumsy. We, we, we are no longer a new democracy. Democracy is clumsy. It, democracy is very clumsy. <laughs> I, I didn't say it, guys. Fresh said it. But look, if democracy was the best thing on earth, yeah. All other countries that are not democratic, mm. like China, Russia, and others in the mm. East and others in Africa, would have collapsed. So whoever created an impression that democracy is the best system of mm. government was absolutely wrong. Mm. Mm. Absolutely wrong. We, we, we have people changing democratic laws and regulations as and when they're in power. They just change them to stay more in power. I can sit here and say President Paul Kagame of Rwanda is a dictator. And, and he's going for another term. And he's going for the first term. And, and it's democratic. People go there and vote. Once you get no, no, didn't he get over 90% of the, yeah. the votes the last time? Yes, he did. But who was standing against him, though? Well, one or two weak people. But instead, again, he, st he stood for three terms, went and changed the constitution yeah. that he can stand for the fourth term. In South Africa, when President Mbeki wanted to do that, you all were up in arms. No, but Mbeki wanted to stand for a third ANC president term, not necessarily for the country, though. Yeah, but the ANC being the leading political party for that time with over 55% percent, uh, percentage in government, mm. it was going to be easy for them to influence and change the electoral act in parliament. Sure. Remember, you must table those things in parliament. Mm. If the majority votes to amend and change the constitution or the electoral act, the ANC can do it. Mm. So President Becky had a vision of doing this. Some people are sitting today and said, hey, maybe we should have allowed him to do that <laughs> today. But yeah, that's what democracy does for us. Absolutely. So um, some kids bought some some kids bought some contaminated uh, biscuits the other day um, from a spaza shop. And word on the street is they were bought from a foreigner-owned spaza shop, mm -hmm. uh, these contaminated or expired biscuits. Um, obviously, they, it, it hasn't been established that it's the biscuits that kill these children. But, you know, we're not there right now. What we... I want us to talk about is, for instance, Operation Dudula now are saying, you see, you see, you see. Uh, even uh, Panyaza Sufi of the ANC uh, has weighed in on this. What's, what, what is happening with this? Look, Fresh, uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, in South Africa, we are reactive. We are a reactive nation. Mm -hmm. And two kids have lost their lives in, in, in Naledi Soweto. A few weeks back, we had a situation where and 19 kids were hospitalized mm. in Soshanguve for eating space cookies laced with marijuana or yes. dakra. Now, my, my challenge with this Operation Dudula, and, and I'll get to what Panyaz and the ANC say, to say these people ate, uh, what, what do you call them, biscuits or whatever, yeah, biscuits, yeah. that they bought from 
to be specific, a Pakistani national spouse mm -hmm. And therefore, Operation Jujula is standing up and saying, we have been telling you that we don't want foreigners in our townships, we don't want foreigners conducting business and all that. We are reactive. And I'm saying this, number one, we should actually, and I listened this morning to one radio station whereby the speaker of Jobek was being interviewed, and she was lambasted by the host to say, these people have gone into hiding for safety because the 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 community wanted to attack them and all those things. That is wrong. We cannot allow lawlessness, whether they are foreigners or what. Mm. We cannot allow lawlessness and people taking their law into their hands. Sure. Where we are sitting as a nation or as a community of Naledi, we do not know that those two kids lost their lives for consuming those biscuits. We don't know until there's post-mortem and police investigations. You understand? Now, people are out and crying and saying, let's close these puzzle shops. They've closed 11. You know, by the end of the week, they closed 11 already in Nali that are owned by foreign nationals. And, and then I come in to say, we allowed, one, as a community, two, as a nation, three, our laws, mm. allow foreign nationals from wherever in the world to can come and conduct business in South Africa. When it suited the, the communities, these puzzle shops owned by Pakistanis, people from Bangladesh, people from Somalia. Mm. It's a, when things are normal, we buy there, we support them, we eat there, we even take on credit there. Our parents and uncles take on credit there. We, until something wrong happens, then people jump like Operation Jujula and say, we don't want them in the country. First of all, how did they come into the country to can own puzzle shops? And then the ANC comes in, uh, uh, led by, uh, uh, we should remember Panyaza Lusfi's position. Number one is the member of the ANC, NEC, senior mm. person. Number two is the premier of Gaudet, sure. the chairperson of the ANC in Gaudet. A, a young guy who is loved by many you know, South Africans, particularly in Gaudet. Uh, many people believe that he's doing a great job as a politician. This is where Panyaza, as a premier and a political office bearer, he should go into the ANC to influence policy and then go and take that policy of the ANC, influence it into government. At the moment, the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, mm. as well as our trade laws, allows any, and guys, I'm saying it in confidence, any mm. human being who has legitimate papers to can come to South Africa and start a business. The problem is even those without papers are starting businesses. Yeah, but then we should not be reactive. If we are failing to enforce the law. The laws are there. Our immigration laws and trade laws are very clear. We can have a business or even spaza shops. We call them spaza shops, but they are some form of small businesses, informal businesses. There's regulations that govern them. If we fail as a nation to enforce those laws, which to me are very clear laws. Mm -hmm. For example, we are failing to enforce the health aspect of trade laws. The health aspect is the place must be clean. You must sell products that are approved by the South African Bureau of Standard. They must and not be expired. They must not be expired. And we need health inspectors who, under normal circumstances, especially now that there's puzzle shops and informal settlements have mushroomed in the country, sure. we need more of health inspectors to conduct unscheduled visits mm -hmm. to these places where people are eating kota, coca, sima, guinya, and all those. So we are failing as a nation to enforce the laws. The laws are there. 
You know, somebody comes to South Africa and says, I'm from Bangladesh. I've got 400,000 that I'm coming to start business in South Africa. And you apply for a business permit. Then they, they go and, 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 and start a spazzard of the 400,000 is there. He has proved to government. He has provided evidence. We don't cross-check. We don't go after to say, did that person establish the business that he intended to have in South Africa after their arrival? We don't put the, the South African Bureau of Standards that many people think the SADS is defunct and does not exist. It exists, but they're focusing on policy formulation, not on inspectorate at the moment. You understand? So this is a challenge we are sitting in, even in common and normal supermarkets like big names, the pick and pay, the checkers and the spas. We have found in this country that big supermarkets have been selling expired good or, or when meat is about to expire, they go and lace it with spices and marinate and they put it back on the shelves. Mm. And people get sick. How many times did me and you have food poisoning? And we don't buy from spazas of Pakistanis. Mm. We still buy from the prime or the well-known supermarkets. It's because we are consuming poison. So poison is not only being served by 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 spaza shops and informal settlements. But I, I think people like Panyaza Lusufi being leaders of the ANC, they should refocus on enforcement of the existing laws, first of all. Mm -hmm. Secondly on saying are our laws just are our laws, you know, uh, because just that the business is the trade laws, it's immigration laws. As well, as well as labor laws of the country. And people are sitting there and saying, uh, Panyaza is simply saying we should change the rules of employing foreign nationals. Understand? No, that's not the issue. I, I can tell you in confidence, fresh. Our labor law and our immigration law are very strict. Very, very strict. You don't just come to South Africa sure. and you're employed by a company. We are failing to enforce those laws. Our laws are very clear. Our immigration laws, to come to South Africa, you've got, for example, a visitor's visa. Yep. You've got a study permit. You have a work permit. You have a business permit. We even have a health permit for people who come here for health reasons. You sure. Now, when those people come to this country, they get those permits. They apply for them to South African foreign missions abroad. There's yep. categories. Mm. Once they are in their country, we don't monitor them. Sure. A person gets a visitor's permit from Bangladesh, overstays in South Africa. All we do is we wait for that person to leave and we give a penalty of saying, you overstayed, this is a penalty, get out of our country. Then we put you on what we call a visa stop list. Sure. A visa stop list is used to be called a black list in the mm. apartheid government. Mm. We put you on a visa stop list to say, next time you want to come to South Africa, you must apply to say, why did you overstay? But once you are in the country, I understand government does not have resources to knock at every door and say, but fresh, you said you are coming to South Africa as a tourist for 25 days. It's already day 55 now, and you are still here. Mm. Get out. Another, we don't have the resources. I do understand. The country doesn't have the resources, but we allow this. So the problem is what? It's our loss. Mm. The problem is it's our loss and the enforcement of our laws. We don't have a laws problem. We have a law enforcement problem. We have a law enforcement problem, and that's where our challenge is. The government will tell you they don't have resources to can police and monitor every foreigner who has come into South Africa. They will say that. But then that's what we should focus on if, if we don't want these things. Sure. One of the biggest challenges we are sitting with uh, 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 in, in this country is us allowing everybody. You see that? Everybody who wants to come and do business in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Every human being. I mean, which country does that? And that's where our constitution is at flaw. Mm -hmm. That everybody can come and do as long as they satisfy the entry requirements. What they do when already in the country 
it's something else. Mm. And, and that's where the challenge is. Enforcement sure. of the law inside and all laws fresh, whether it's road traffic, whether it's residential bylaws or municipal bylaws, whether it's trade laws of owning shops and but the problem is the enforcement of the laws in the country. We have good laws. Sure. On paper, we have laws, but we allow people to break our laws and they get away with it. Sure. Let's uh, cross the pond and go to the US. Uh, head of Gov Good Governance um, South Africa, Chris, don't touch me on my studio, Maroleng. <laughs> and uh, journalist Ridi Chabi were in the U.S. Uh, they spoke uh, before the House of Representatives. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that trip to the U.S.? Uh, first of all, uh, I, I'm very disappointed with the two individuals uh, 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 for their conduct, mm -hmm. as if they were one talking on behalf of all South Africans. Okay. And I said, who, who did they consult before they leave? Mm -hmm. We all, as individuals, opinionators, analysts, or whatever, we all have a right to can opinionate, to can analyze a situation. I am one of the people who, as a public servant, and experience. I do criticize the government. I do criticize the ruling party. I do criticize the opposing, official opposition, the DA. And I do criticize a lot of politicians mm -hmm. where they do good, I give green ticks. There is nothing wrong with that. True. But but I, I found it that we, we are not patriotic. And, and the two individuals, they didn't show any form of patriotism. First, they went and they spoke. In the U.S., you know, it was not a public platform mm -hmm. or a debate on television or newspapers. They went to address... First, they were invited by the Republicans mm -hmm. to go and address uh, the Congress of the U.S., where the Republicans, remember there's two major parties in the U.S., the Republicans and the Democrats, mm -hmm. where the Republicans in the Congress, yeah. they're in majority. Sure. The first mistake that Reddy Tabi and, 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 and Chris Marlin did was that they didn't calculate to realize that the Democrats are in power in the U.S., not the Republicans. But they're fully aware, though. Yeah, but, why, but then why did they allow such? So, mm. again, being guests of a government platform, did they consult with Demko? That, that is undermining uh, the Department of International Relations and Cooperation. I saw the minister and Lady Pando. Didn't the DA do the same when they went on a on a Agoa uh, campaign? But we criticized them. Everybody yeah. said, sure. why would the U.S. government invite a regional or a provincial political party to talk about national issues? Mm. Again, the problem becomes the U.S. government undermining the South African government. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, it started with the uh, Ambassador uh, Bridget D. And then there's, there's the GA, now there's, there's already Tabi as well as Chris Maruleng, who, who both of them, none of the two, is an expert in international relations. Mm. Reddy Tabi is a journalist and has just done very well, an author and all those, just done very well in the department. Again, Fresh, I am not saying as individuals and as South Africans, for the record, Chris Maruleng is not a South African, he's a Zimbabwean origin mm. residential in South Africa. They are not experts in the field. They can talk about anything they wish as media people, but not in a level that they go to the U.S. Congress and address the Congress to say South Africans are not happy with the government in South Africa. They don't even say the ruling party. The same with the government. Generally, we are a failed state, we are a collapsing state, and a lot of misrepresentation of facts in that platform uh, uh, where in one of the questions that uh, uh, they were asking the editor, she could, she could not answer. You know, she was sitting on her uh, laptop or whatever, and she couldn't answer, and Chris Mabuleng had to step in to say, Bailey out of the, the situation. 
and gave wrong information in responding to that. That is embarrassing. Trust me, in another country, especially in hardcore countries and communist countries, that is treason what they've done. Mm -hmm. It's treasonous. You know, you've taken our you've, you've taken our uh, our laundry uh, to another country and said, uh, "Let me wash it in front of you." Uh, absolutely, Chris Maroling was chased out of Zimbabwe before the elections. He wanted to go there and cover. Oh, for, as an observer. As an observer and all that. Yes. And, and he's, he's heading a very good institution. Mm. Well-oiled machinery with good monies. You know, it's one of the institutions I like. He went to Zimbabwe as an observer before the elections. His home country, mm. they chucked him out. And I said, okay, because we know they are not democratic and he was not going to, to, to be nice on the government of Rene Mwinangawa. But but again to stand up and create a picture to the to the Americans yeah. that all is bleak in South Africa, all is bad in South Africa. It is very wrong of them, and I think Reddy and Chris have to be condemned to what they are doing. I I I. I what of Derko said? Look, Minister Naledi Pando was very diplomatic. She was very smart. She said they will engage their American counterparts in dealing with such issues because it looks like when they are trying to black. One, you know, whole where water is coming out. America is doing this. Then they plug the. So they are keeping Jericho uh, on their on their toes. Sure. And, and I think South Africa must stand up and tell the Americans: if we are friends, we are business partners. If you want to talk to us, talk to us. Talk to our diplomats. We've got almost three or four diplomatic representation. You know, uh, mm -hmm. in in the U.S., they could engage with that. The problem becomes when it's government to individuals. Sure. If it's a CNN or whatever media platform that invites media people like Reddit mm -hmm. uh, to go and talk to them, there's nothing wrong with that. It becomes a problem when Reddit goes to the U.S. Congress and talk and address them as if he's a South African diplomat, mm -hmm. as if he has been sent by the South African, even if it was opposition parties, it would be okay for a member of the opposition party to say, I'm coming to address you as the opposition to opposition. Oh, yes. Because the Republicans are opposing the U.S. Mm -hmm. So if it was a Congress or a conference of the opposition, it's okay. For example, in the recent uh, months, the ANC had their policy conference. Mm. And the president of SWAPO, who's the president of Namibia, mm. went and addressed SWAPO to ANC. Oh, yes. You know, comrade to comrade, party to party in their Congress. That is acceptable in diplomatic cycles. Mm. But for a foreign government, especially a hostile imperialist foreign government like the USA, that goes against our policy to invite individuals into their Congress to talk about South African situation not by a political party, not by the opposition, not, but by individuals who are not even experts in the field. And I have a problem with the fact that these people didn't know what they were talking about. Mm. They are not diplomats, they are not international relations experts, they are, they are not actually even, both of them, economists who could talk about the state of economy in South Africa. Mm. Did they do a research and talk to people in townships, to the media in South Africa? To general, you know, ordinary South Africans to say what is the state of no, 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 they didn't do that. Mm. So I personally refuse to say those people represented me as a black South African. Yes, sir. Secondly, as a public servant, I'm saying they were not representing the position of the South African government, mm. and therefore I think Derko should stand up and ridicule them. They should come with a formal statement. They should not play into their hands because they will become a little bit important. Sure. And I said, they shouldn't do that. I think Jericho was correct to respond to the U.S. 
to say they will engage the U.S. in that in that process. But I think Jericho must come up with a with a position of government to say those people were not talking on behalf of South Africans. Sure. They were not talking on behalf of the government of South Africa. They misrepresented the facts. But don't just say that. Produce the facts. Yes, sir. State the facts contrary to what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Then I think this matter would have been handled properly. Sure. And I think we're done. Really? Yeah. Unless there's anything else on your mind that you want to get off your chest. Well, we, we shouldn't forget. Let's congratulate our neighbors, mm. uh, 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 the, the Republic of Botswana. And, oh, yeah, Botswana uh, and Lesotho. And the Mountain Kingdom of Lesotho. Celebrating independence. They are week, almost yes. at the same time uh, celebrating independence. Again, I'm, I'm questioning what is independent. Independent from what? When King Litia and the Prime Minister of Lesotho, they still go to England to report wearing blankets. Uh, uh, England going to report to Prince Charles III and the, the, the British government. But let's congratulate our neighbors mm. uh, uh, for their Independence Day celebration. With Lesotho, there's even much more this weekend that we are in actually. Lesotho is celebrating 200 years of uh, the founding of the Basotho Nation by King Mushweshwe. Oh, yes, yes, So it's yes, 200 yes, yes. years. So there's a double party there. Mm. What I've liked and I've picked up from Basotho, very interesting, the Minister of Arts, Sports, of Arts and Culture in Lesotho has gone on a public platform to say to Basotho, can you please tell us how we can celebrate the 200 years? Uh, I know 100 years is centennial. I don't know what is 200 years. It's bicentennial. Oh, it's bi. Oh, okay. Is it bi? It's, it's, I, I don't know. It's bi, no? I, I, yeah. So, so he said the public mm. must now come with ideas and on how they can do something memorable for this instead of the government coming with parties and he ends there. That oh, is yes, very yes. interesting. Mm. But again, to my... Uh, Basutu family and friends and neighbors. I must say something very interesting. Last week we had a family gathering at home, and my mom family mm. originates from Lesotho. Okay. So it was about 30 degrees, and then uh, uh, I am obviously the, my uncles are Basutu. Mm. So we were there wearing the blanket. It was very hot. Then I said to one of my, my brothers in laws who was here, Do you know that on the site, I said, a very young guy, he was, you know, early 30s, do you know that this thing of uh, Kubo, yes, Marina, as they call it. It's not a, a, a Sesotho origin. Mm. It was actually invented and imposed on Basotho by the British Queen. Oh, yes. That's why one of the Siana Marinas, the pink and bluish one, mm. it is called Queen Elizabeth. Ah. And, and, but it, there's Kubo or a Basotho blanket. Yes, sir. Historically and traditionally, has absolutely nothing to do with Basotho. It is actually one of the tools of the imperialists. Mm. When the British came to Lesotho, the mountain kingdom with snow, it was very cold. Mm. So Queen Elizabeth, in one of the visits, they insisted on wearing the blanket. a blanket, and that's why it was called uh, Queen Elizabeth. But the, this blanket of Bashwesha has nothing to do with King Mushwesha, mm. but happy bicentenary to, to, to uh, Basotho Bamushwesha, sure. and let's wish them well as our neighbors and family. Absolutely. Butang, where do we find you on social media? Well, uh, butangm at gmail.com, and you can go on all social media handles. I've grouped them. It's at butangm. Yes, sir. And then on the telephone uh, to order the book or for bookings, it's 082-485-9100. And until next week. And that is all she wrote. Uh, live from Amp Studios downtown Josie. Uh, we are part of the Africa Podcast Network. So email us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Shout out to Pezulu Works for the cinematography. All of our audio imaging is courtesy of Otis the Flow Fraser. Our guests, Botsang Mudimwami Muilwa, creative producer Kuvesh Mohan, and show producer Kelezo Mutisa King. Until next week, have a great week in spite of yourselves.